Cast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement, Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. It's a great pleasure I have the opportunity of presenting special guest Mark Haddis, author, speaker, entrepreneur for Optimal Living. Mark sold his multi-million dollar company in 2010 and began a new journey. He was diagnosed with bipolar one disorder and was told there was no cure. A few years later, Mark was restored to full health. He wanted to share the tools he used to overcome his mental illness with others. So he began coaching, writing, and speaking. His book called Prisoner of War is out this month and it presents others facing similar situations with Mark's guidance and coaching and helping them through these trying times. It's a great pleasure. I welcome Mark to the show. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you, Jason. It's awesome to be here. It's awesome to have you here. And I'm excited because one of the things I really want to do with my show, I've been expanding different formats of it and stuff, but with social justice and and those kind of things. But I really do think that destigmatizing mental health is a big, important thing we need to do right now because everyone's suffering in some way with depression, anxiety, or any other type of condition that could be classified. I'm sure it's a a pandemic. It's also a pandemic of mental health. And I want to destigmatize mental health and let people know that if you're dealing with depression, it's okay. It's just like having a diabetic type situation. Go get treatment for it, get help for it. It's important. Be holistic. 
So I, I want to thank you for being a voice for this stuff and coming on the podcast to share your personal experiences and your personal journey. Awesome. Thanks, Jason. Can you, uh, can you share with us when you first learned that you had a diagnosis of bipolar one disorder? Uh, yeah, actually I was 38 years old and, um, uh, I had built and sold a tech company about nine months prior to that. And one of the things that began to happen, uh, a, this particular week in September of 2011 was, uh, very, very unusual. I started to hear thoughts that people had prior to them speaking them. Um, in fact, it's one of the themes in Prisoner of War. I had uh, walls, you know, wall moved. And that was kind of strange. Uh, I was injured and I felt invisible hands come and in, in, in come into my back and heal the back and then lift me up. It was, it was quite an unusual change from, you know, business guy, entrepreneur, uh, you know, father of five. And I was in awe of it. I thought it was kind of cool. Uh, but there was enough fear around me and I didn't have any relationship with mental illness before that it started to be kind of my own internal Armageddon. And finally, my wife called the paramedics late one Saturday night and they hauled me off and I spent a week in the psych ward behavioral health facility and the uh, psychiatrist at the end of that week. And by the way, all my, all my ideas of crazy, if you will, wacko, all those words. What's that? I get creative, not crazy. And, and can I just ask you something? And I'm just going to throw an observation here because your energy is telling me you've had some pretty strong spiritual awakenings that has given you the guidance you had. And that's not really just a mental health condition. It's actually a spiritual awakening that might get diagnosed as a mental health condition because of all the elements that are awoken during the spiritual awakening process, which could last for a while. It may not be a few days. It could be months or years. So as you're talking, that's what I'm picking up off your energy. I'm not trying to disprove your diagnosis or condition. I suffer from depression and anxiety. My family's had it in our generational kind of thing and, and close friends of mine deal with it. But in your situation, I'm saying that that may be one part of the component, but the other aspect that I pick off your energy is spiritual awakening. And like you said, psychic experiences before we started the show. Yep. And so I, I want to ask you in, in the element of, obviously I'd love to, I definitely 100% want the message to be mental health awareness and, you know, getting help and support for yourself. But in your story, I got to peel the onion back a little and sure. I ask you to tell us a little about if you did have a spiritual awakening, what it was like for you. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so here's how I explain it today. And I'm fully healthy today. I've been off all meds for the last six years, uh, but it was a three-year journey that ended with, you know, kind of getting to enough of a low where I said, something's got to change. If I'm going to live, I'm actually going to live. But you're right on the whole idea. I don't, I agree with the diagnosis based on the clinical symptoms of bipolar one disorder, which is what I was diagnosed with. Yes, I fit that category. And the, the, and is something that the medical community largely dismisses, which is that what you brought up the spiritual awakening part. Yeah. I, would say that now that um, years past it and I've had time to integrate and I've experienced who it is that I really am and the mystery and the awe and the magic is less schizophrenic or, or bipolar and it's more holistic. Deliberative. It's yeah, absolutely. It's very clear that it was my spiritual awakening, um, it, as you will. I love and that. Okay. the way I describe it to people is 
if you think of the core of humanity, you know, there's this essence of who we are. It's the pure love. It's that source, you know, that, that lives within us. And then as we grow up, we out, um, learn that, if you will, or push that away in order to fit in, be accepted, you know, whatever that is. And that's how I lived for a long time, trying to get approval, trying to get wealth, trying to get, you know, something out there. And what factors for happiness never work, right? It's always a trail of disappointment on some level. Absolutely right. From inside, from within. It comes from inside. And what happened through the process is I had these flashes of, of insight over time. That's like, wait, this actually is something good. This was a great thing. So when I look at what I went through, a lot of people get stuck in it, by the way, they get stuck because they're, they're stuck in an idea that they're broken or that they um, can't, you know, it's, it's a framework. And so a reframing of it is we are holy, divine, beautiful human beings. And when we deny that we will have mental illness symptoms, it's in, I mean, whether it's depression, bipolar, whatever, it's going to show up because the essence of who we are is going to break through and say, wait a minute, you're not being authentic. You're not being you like show up, show up, show up, show up. And we either deny that and resist it, or we say yes. And, and finally, after years and years of resisting it, Jason, I said, all right, I'm in. And that's where I am today. It's like, it's so beautiful. It's so amazing. And, and, and life wouldn't be this way had I not gone through what I went through. So it was a real gift. Well, and I can see the gift of insight and perspective that you get from it, from having experienced everything you've gone through in the last few years. You've, you've been awoken spiritually. And you also understand that there's more than just time, matter, space. At least that's what I'm picking up off your energy. And I also right think on. it's right helping on. you creatively in the future because I feel like you're going to write some creative projects or do some collaborative stuff that's very creative and successful for you. So, yeah, you might have had your prior business endeavors, but I think the stuff coming up is going to really top your achievements. So you have a lot coming up for yourself that's going to be very positive intellectual property wise or just stuff you're going to be working on. Thanks for speaking into that. That was great. I just picked that off your energy. And I also think the stuff that you've gone through is going to inspire you to be more creative in what you present in terms of stories or ideas. So there's going to be something from your spiritual awakening that lasted for three years that you're going to use as a catalyst to create something that's going to be really remarkable. I love it. I love it. You're speaking truth, brother. <laughs> I start integrating when I pick up stuff into the interview because I'm like, well, why not real time? We're doing this in Zoom and I can pick up stuff and it just makes it, it's kind of like I get to give you something for coming on the show instead of just it's asking. Great, it's a great gift and I so appreciate it. Share. That's why it's, it's to share it. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Looking at your situation and everything that you're doing right now, can you talk about mental health and treatments for mental health that you've experienced like the philosophy of med, you know taking medication or uh what what you've seen and what you've experienced and how that's helped shape your your paradigm about mental health awareness and treatment and progress yeah. through yeah there there everyone so the path for healing from a mental illness which by the way I'm not a doctor or anything and yeah. uh, a lot of doctors would disagree that it's even possible there's a framework that says once once bipolar always bipolar and it's okay. I disagree. It's not, doesn't have to be the case, but what I found is the path to fully getting well requires four elements. The first is the path within. There has to be something that supports you with tools and resources to go within and face the things that might be off, might be, you know, uh, pushed away, stuffed, 
And that can be energetic. It could be emotional. It can be a storyline, a belief system, but that has to all die. And as that dies away in, in what I call heals or integrates, one of the things that starts to occur is then someone comes online, you know, the, the deadness of their humanity is, is shed, their skin is shed and the new them shows up. And that's a really brilliant and amazing step. Now that could be. Six. That's like the person coming to life, right? I mean, after being yes. emotionally just detached and emotionally dead, they're like hot and cold in relationships and they're hard of commitment. And then they wake up and now they're engaging and they've changed. Bingo. Whoa. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. And it's part of, it's why people, I mean, so many people are, are going through their own version of that. And we, um, we. I like I would know that energy just from people in our lives, like the people we encounter and stuff. Yep, absolutely. And, and, and we find each other, right? Yeah. So you go to, you go to a session or party or whatever. It's like the people who have gone through something, we kind of find each other. Cause it's like, Hey, I see you and you see me and there's something to explore here. And so it's almost like magnetism. Um, and maybe it literally is magnetism, but that path within, uh, we actually did through journey's dream, uh, create a program, uh, called the optimal being program. And that trains, it's a 16 week training program. It's a lot of fun. And, but there are many ways that someone could go on the path within. We just offer one as well. And then there's the, the next part is medicine. Now, medicine in our terms is a broad term. I mean, it's, I, I loved, I went to the Navajo uh, tribe and had a Hogan experience with a medicine man. And it really opened my eyes because he talked about how they bring people into the Hogan and they do a spiritual ceremony and bring them their medicine. And he said, they can choose to take it or not. They accept it or not. Um, but if they accept it, they're going to have this awakening, this healing, this, this restoration. And that resonates with my experience that, yeah, we can take a pill. And that's one form that a lot of people are accustomed to and trained to believe as medicine. Side effects too, right? Yes, absolutely. Medicine can be so many things. Exercise, food is great medicine. Holistic so approaches. Holistic approaches for that's sure. I'm interpreting that to be, and it also would incorporate healing methodologies. Anything you could do to help relieve stress, to help relieve the stuff that could cause you to like get overwhelmed and might create an episode of some sort you'll be able to manage things better and reducing stress with meditative exercises, mindfulness, yep. the moment, appreciation, uh, your journey inwards. The things that I think anyone who could do this during the pandemic, if they could work on these things, even if they don't have a mental health illness issue, they may, you know, they may have some, some depression. You could incorporate these ideas into their own idea, you know, their own treatment methodologies to help them through things, or at least strengthen and bolster to prevent an episode. Well, and that's, that's exactly what we believe. And so if somebody goes on their path within and they get to that connected space, what's going to happen is they're going to be led to the medicines yes. that are best for them. Um, and, and that's a beautiful, and we can say yet our yes becomes yes, our no becomes no. And we stay true to who it is that we are and what our needs are. And then third and fourth, uh, you've got uh, family or loved ones connections. And, and one of the things when someone's going through a mental health journey, it's never about the person. It's about the person and who's around them, who's their family, who are their loved ones. They're all being impacted and affecting each other. And so if we just deal with the one person, you miss the opportunity to really open up and allow for the whole group to, to benefit. And so to have a family come together or loved ones, connected ones come together in the process is huge. And the last one, which is a new area in this, but it's growing and I'm talking to leaders and they're totally getting on board with it is work. The workplace is shifting 
in a major, major way. And instead of just an employee assistance program, an EAP program with, hey, here's an 800 number because you seem to be troubled, go call out. We're looking to corporate uh, leaders to step up and say, hey, let's bring services and programs and resources into the workplace to prevent, to give people out. I love that. Like you, just like you said. So I love that. That's though, a key you know area too. I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm so sorry about the enthusiasm there. I can't hold back. And I have to say, I love that. I love if you can get corporations to employ holistic methodologies and look at spiritual aspects of things and the big picture for path within taking medicine. I love also the connecting with family loved ones, because if you, you know, most people are depressed or usually they're lonely, they've been isolated or they've lost something or they're grieving something. And if you can get them connected strongly to those they care about and who care about them, then they won't feel as isolated. And it may actually help them get through these moments that are terrifying for them, probably and uncertain. And acceptance is a big deal. Let's say somebody is feeling depressed and, and they just want to sleep for 10 hours. You know what? What if the best thing for them was to sleep for 10 hours and imagine a loved one who, instead of saying, get out of bed, you know, knock it off or whatever the loved one is doing. Yeah. What if they said, Hey, maybe I'm wrong. And the best thing for that person is to sleep and be alone or to, or just to say, Hey, is there anything I can do to support you? It's like, yeah, you know, can you turn the lights down? And, and that love, that loving gesture of turning the lights down could be the very thing that helps them get the sleep they need to start to get back into a balanced state, to get to a place where they can start to feel just a little bit better or better enough to get out of bed and have a meal with you or whatever and it might be. That's a breakthrough, right? Small wins matter when you deal with mental health issues. I remember when I've gone through some depressive episodes in my life, it, it takes sometimes some new habits to form. Like, I'll be honest, doing podcasting keeps me pretty elevated during my day. Or yeah. if I meditate or work with people on a psychic capacity, those things are very uplifting for me. And so uh, I don't take any medicine either. I weaned myself off years ago and have more holistic nutrition, diet, you know, um, meditation. And I find when I do spirit, spiritual work, even if it's just having a podcast talking about these concepts, I am elevated with endorphins for hours to come after that. So anytime I feel like I'm in a, a mood, like I use creativity myself. Yep. I didn't know how creative I was. So I had the show and, and that's what helped me to like channel any of that angst or negativity I put into creativity. And I find it helps. It's almost like a furnace for the negativity or the anxiety. And then it channels me in that way. Well, and that's knowing yourself, right? And, and everyone's going to have a different outlet, but to honor yourself, you know, if it's, Hey, go play outside, you know, barefoot and dance for your inner child, right? Yeah. Dance in the grass, like go have fun. Like what, what is it that that person most needs, you know, sing a song or, or just hum or whatever it is in that moment. And, and there can be, like you said, those little things, those little moments can be bridges to bigger moments and more clarity. And like you said, now you have a practice where, Hey, anytime you want to really like light up, you got a podcast and you, you do it regularly and it, it gives you that creative outlet and lifts you up. And it's like, you know, I also learn a lot from doing these episodes because I feel like I, I thank Podmatch for introducing us to each other. I know you mentioned Tyler. Me too. He was on my show a few weeks ago. And it's yeah. like we're creating a little community of ourselves. It's a Podmatch community, but I'm on other sites, but that's not the same type of cohesiveness. That's why I'm pretty happy with Podmatch. And I want to make that a home for myself. And it's introduced me to guests. I'm not trying to give it a pitch or a ploy, but I'm just being, speaking truth for a minute that we wouldn't be able to have this episode today without something like that. So I, I appreciate no. yep innovative aspects of how we're able to meet each other, be introduced to each other and work and collaborate with one another. Me too. Me too. Thanks for, thanks for putting that out there. I just want to share that. Uh, let's talk about your unique writing approach. Cause I like to write, 
I'll do automatic writing sometimes when I meditate, just to help me kind of correct, you know, ground myself. I'll come up with stuff that I pick up on. Like, let's hear about what you do. All right. So um, to tell that, I'm going to have to share a quick story about my son. Um, so he uh, now is 15, but when he was nine years old, he invited me one night to share a story with him. Now, this is after I was I was getting healthy. Um, so it was 2015. And so he's like, dad, would you share a story with me? So I lay down with him and I came up with a story. And for the first five or six nights, because he kept asking me, I'm like, all right, I'm running out of stories. So one night I lay down and I hear this inner voice and it says, don't tell him a story, allow the story to come. And so I just took a breath and my lips began to move and words came out and it was the best story that came out of my mouth, but I didn't have any efforting. It just flowed. Some people call it channeling. Yes, it would be akin to that, but one of the, and I'll share what I have learned about channeling, but it, it was channeled from my essence. Remember we talked in the beginning, there's the essence of who we are and we create those masks. Well, it's like the essence was breaking through, you know, that source connection was breaking through my exterior veneer and bringing this beautiful story. I'm like, wow, this is cool. I want to, <laughs> I want to know this more. Well, that developed over years. So 2021, I got this insight to write this book but all I got was the title prisoner of war and I was to schedule eight days for three hours a day. So I sat down hands on the keyboard and it started by verbal, you know? So when I first did this, I would verbally record, but this time I sat at the keyboard and it was the story came through my fingers. And at the end of session one, I got the core intro to the next chapter. It was just like a paragraph, but well, cool. The cool thing about that is often when I wrote before, because I've written a few books, I would go back and reread what I wrote to get back into the rhythm. Well, what happened this time is I had the whole paragraph of what the, the next chapter was. Yeah. And it just right. flew from there. So it went so quick. And then the question was, do I publish this so that it's words, you know, print or some other way? And what came was to record it. So it's in audiobook and ebook, but the audiobook, there's a resonance, there's a healing power and resonance to listening to that story. So prisoner of war is out there uh, and people can get it a number of different ways, but journeysdream.org is our main, you know, website for, for mental health. And on the bottom right is a link to uh, prisoner of war. And, and look, it, it, because everyone's in a different financial situation, I made it so you can pay anything you want. We have a recommended like, Hey, we'd, we'd love for you to give this amount, but you can pay whatever you want. You'll get the book and, you know, have at it, enjoy it. It's such a fun story, but that was my writing process was eight hours a day or eight, eight days, three hours a day. And it just came now you done that way. That's a miracle. That's divine work in some way. I feel like you got inspired. Each it was, it was, it's not, it, I know that's not a typical way that a lot of people write, but it just, that's the way that one came. You were meant to write in divine timing that way. I feel. Uh, yes, absolutely. That's, that's my interpretation. I'll, I'll, I'll absolutely. Throw Another one, by the way, in May, I went to, I'm in Illinois. I went to Utah. We've got a cabin out there and I was working on my memoir and that's not going to be out for a while, but that was a period of about two weeks and the same thing, except for writing three hours a day. I wrote a lot of the day. Most of the day I was pulling together pieces that I'd written in the past. So it's always good. It's going to be different for each author and it's different possibly for each book. That's What's your viewpoint on having a muse? Because I've, I've channeled my inner muse, like other, you know, having a muse and somebody that helps motivate me and gives me guidance and creativity. And I want to ask you, like, what's what's been your muse and how has it helped you? 
Give me a little bit more on Muse. What do you mean by that? Well, Muse could be somebody or something or some influence that you kind of gain insight and, and motivation from. Like in the past, even with my show, I've gotten guided when I went to protest last year for George Floyd um, here yeah. in Tampa. I literally was guided from spirit guides, whatever gives me information or helps me through, guided me to go to a protest. And I went to five. And then that also guided me to, as a muse, to update my podcast, change out my intro, support social justice issues, and try to get those kind of guests to come on my show so that I could open up dialogue on these kind of issues. And yeah. that's also what kind of brought me into mental health awareness as well as, as being guided. So, so, yeah, that's good. Thank you for that. So, and, and what we teach in our program, Optimal Being, is that we all have within us kind of an inner GPS that sounds like what you're calling a muse, yeah. um, an inner GPS. Uh, and what we teach are tools to activate and turn that on if it's not active. And a lot of people are walking dead in the world to just detached. Yeah, detached from that guidance. And one of the things that I've learned over time is it's, effective about a hundred percent of the time. If you can stay connected with that inner voice that kind of guided you right to the protest, it always is effective. It's always just what we need. And so one of the processes we teach is how to connect to that consistently. And I believe, and I'm not saying I'm always there because I have my off moments as well, but I believe we can live in that space all the time. You can live in that whole space. And that's the awake, that's the awakening of the true nature of our, you know, call it source connected self power, living in the world. Like being in your power, right? Yeah, totally. Optimizing yourself and tapping into that and channeling that or utilizing that to everyone's benefit, not just your own. Absolutely. Absolutely. In others' lives and empower others through that. And that's why I feel like, you know, anytime we could have these conversations, I feel like we could literally help people with that by giving them opportunities. And, and it's gentle. Like this is yeah. something, you know, the mistake I think I made when I went into my initial process in 2011, I pushed the spiritual awakening instead of just letting it unfold. It's like, wait, I was hungry for that. I had been looking for that for so long and I chased after it, chased after it. And there's a biblical you know, phrase, you know, don't storm the gates. And that's what I was perceiving I was doing. And it's gentle. So when we turn this on and activate it, if someone can experience the best version of their optimal self that moment, that's it. That's what they're going to get. And then it grows from there and it expands. And the, as you know, having you know gone through your own process, I mean, it's, it's really powerful to see how many gifts and talents and, and creations can come from that. It's really quite brilliant. I always we, feel we like were that. all like this on the planet. I don't okay, think I we have a lot of the issues we have half of our issues will be handled through collaborative exercises with one another and create. Absolutely. I feel like you could use digital content in that way. You could help bring people together through digital content and you 100%. can inspire people. Right. And what you're describing, I feel very strongly that it's, it's, it's being connected and having balance in your life and achieving those things. And that's where your mental health improves because, you know, you could always look at it from the perspective of like disease hyphenated, you know, where once you have a, 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 a some type of breakdown in the body, a physical element or condition that can contribute to the mental breakdown. It can also then contribute to a spiritual breakdown. So you can become detached and have these conditions that you're dealing with. And you got to learn to get yourself back on track and manage those things so they don't get out of whack, causing exactly. you greater problems. Exactly. And I, I've had, um, uh, is this true? Is it not true? 
I'm still kind of navigating how to say this effectively. So it's the first time I've publicly said this way. Imagine that if you denied yourself, you wake up and you just said, I'm not going to talk to Jason today. And you push away and you turn your back on yourself. What's going to happen is the true nature of who you are is going to say, Hey, Jason, I'm, I'm right here anytime you, you want, right? Cause I'm, you know, you at your core, you are that beautiful being of light and source. Yeah. But if you deny it, then you've chosen to deny it. And a lot of people look out in the world for somebody to blame. But when we can get to the place where we say, wait, I chose to do this. Well, guess what? If I chose to deny who it is I am, I can also turn back and face my core essence and say, you know what? I'm going to change and accept who I am. That's powerful. And the key is to accept who I am in this moment, right? Not in the who I thought I should be or blame somebody because of what my position in life is. It's to say, no, I am right here. I'm here. I'm with Jason. And and this is where I am to be. And I accept it. And it's awesome. And it's amazing. And I can embrace myself and embrace you and say, we're in the exact place that is best for us. And once someone can do that, they can start tiptoeing back into full alignment. You know, it's so interesting. You said that because I see someone trying to come out to themselves and and be authentic with themselves with whatever it is they're coming out to themselves about. Like I came out to myself as a psychic. You came out to yourself as someone who went through the spiritual experience and went through mental health conditions and developed your own empowering tools because of it. And you're inspiring lives now. Right. So we all have our own thing. And I feel like gaining greater understanding and acceptance of that is what really helps us to navigate these challenging environments that we find ourselves in at this moment and, and beyond in the future, right? And, and that's powerful. Uh, I, I want to ask you, how have you found that for you, creativity has helped you to express what's bottled up inside? How, do, how have I found creativity? Yeah, you're crea- like using your creative flow. Have you, you used it to express what's yeah. bottled up inside? How how's that worked for you? Uh, so one of the things that happened to really bring that to the forefront Early on, I would go for walks because I didn't have a lot of people I could talk to about this kind of stuff. And so I'd go for walks and I'd put on my recorder and I would talk and information would start to flow through my mouth. And it was like there was this inner teacher teaching me. <laughs> and, and very often, very often, it would get to a culmination point where there was an emotional charge. And then that emotional charge would release and I'd feel my breath kind of move in almost like a, you know, an inhaler went. And then it felt over time, it wasn't like an instant necessarily, but over time of breathing there, the energy moved, the emotions moved. And then there was this clear thought, this clear direction, this clarity of what I would call a healed or integrated mind. And that's the core process that helped me really navigate some of the thoughts that were cycling around in my head that were really filled with a lot of false belief, dysfunction, you know, that inner critic, you know, some of that stuff just started. You're not good away. enough. One of those kind of thoughts that just barrel over your memory, over your thoughts as you're in the middle of a day and you're like doing something like bagging groceries for yourself. You're not good enough. And you're like, why am I hearing this stupid thought right now? Let's change that thought pattern. You know, what's a great healing method I learned that I'll share with you and your audience. Um, and you know, I, I've, I've never taught this to people outside of a coaching session, but it's so powerful. It's to say, thank you. Next time that inner critic says, oh, you're not good enough. Say, hey, thank you. And, <laughs> and, and breathe and say anything else. 
yeah, you're ugly too. It's like, oh, thank you. Anything else? What do I say? Every kick ass. I don't care what you have to say. And I create yeah, but that's fighting. That's the against energy. So you create an against energy inside you. And that's what perpetuates some of that stuff. Now it might work for you because we're different people. Yeah. But one of the things I've learned is if you can say thank you and not let the, and, and allow the emotion to come up with it, because it could be, Hey, dad said that, or a brother said that, or somebody said that, or you said it to yourself. It's like, Hey, thank you. Anything else? Thank you. Anything else? Every single time I've done that, it could be 10 times, 20 times, 30 times, but eventually it'll get to, nope, nothing else. I love you, man. Self-love is powerful. It always shifts to love. It's the elixir. <laughs> I, uh, I definitely believe that too. I, I want to ask you this. What do you think motivated you to write your prisoner war book? Like what was the experience of that really put you and said, I'm doing this, I'm getting this done now. So the book takes place in 2032 and it is a mental health pandemic. So it's a global mental health pandemic. And I think the um, reason for it is we're in a physical health, you know, COVID kind of environment where, you know, people are struggling with navigating that and the truths and the lies and all that stuff. And what I was inspired to share is, wait a minute. If we can really go on this inner journey, and that's what happens in the book, because there are competing technologies. There's manufactured technologies through like uh, you know aerosol sprays and and visual cortex alterations, some cool stuff in there. But then there's the inner journey that one of the main characters takes, and he does it without the technology, and to see the differences and and how that plays out. And I had the desire to give something that's fictional, that's fun, but take someone through the journey of bipolar without triggering the bejesus out of them, you know, but letting them have an experience in a safe environment. Um, so that's what this particular book does and inspire hope that if someone is going through or they have a loved one going through it, that hope is here, that hope is available, that resources are here. So that was a big part just to inspire hope and resources and, and give people an avenue or an outlet to, to access, you know, an alternative to the narrative that they would hear if they were to go visit, you know, the typical uh, medical person in this space. I think what you do is you acknowledge the spirituality, mind, body, spirit aspect of things with your approach in part. We do. I think you're acknowledging that there's more to it than just the brain and the body <laughs> or the heart and the brain and the body, you know, they, they break it down to these component parts when the reality is like, it's a holistic thing. It's not interdependent parts like a car where you switch out the, the rudder or the, you know, the engine part or whatever it is, catalog converter. We're not made like scarecrows or tin men. We, we, we are much more holistic. And I think that's why I really like what you're talking about because of the fact that you look at the holistic mind, body, spirit. We do. We do. It's uh, it's, well, it's the only way, there's there's a path to heal and it includes that reconnection with self and people have different words for that you know the the core essence the self the soul the spirit you know there's lots of different ways that people can articulate and express you know who they are who god is what the relationship is but the essence is we're all whole in the purest form of who we are and we're all connected fully in the purest form and anything that's in contrast to the truth is a lie. And so part of the process is going to be body, mind, and spirit in order to make sure like the body's healthy, which raises the vitality, which allows someone to go deeper into the mind. 
Well, as you go deeper into the mind, eventually you're going to get to that spiritual realm, whether you start there or you end there, or it's throughout, you're going to get to that place where, okay, who am I? And, and when you can get to that place and you're asking questions, answers are going to come, you know, clarity is going to come as long as you allow for it. But sometimes the always, I haven't met anybody who goes through a healing process like this where they haven't had moments where they're uncomfortable and it's allowing for us to be ourselves in the space of being uncomfortable, letting uncomfortable be something to celebrate, something to embrace. Well, think about it. If you're uncomfortable, that means you're out of your comfort zone, which means that you're growing. That means you're encountering your, your difficulties or your, your things that are, it's going to force you to take reflection and, and, and get beyond where you've been stuck for a while. I think if you're uncomfortable, you're getting unstuck. Like ripping the bandaid off the wound. You got to have some pain in order to, in order to grow and heal, right? Real true healing requires growth, requires some no pain, no gain. Like if you go to the gym, same thing with spirituality and spiritual growth and, and being able to, you know, harmonize these aspects of your life. I know going through a spiritual awakening is not an easy process. It's like meeting your twin flame or soulmate. That's not an easy, that's a disruptive process for people as well. When yep. people meet someone that they find awokes them to in a way where you're awakened and you have to purge your, your own, you know, idiosyncratic things that you need to grow and, and, and you do that. It's a process, but it's a purging process. Uh, it's definitely a purging process <laughs> and it's in the right context with tools. It's actually something again, to help you grow a lot to look forward to. Oh you know, yeah. Like, you're being, you're being called to do this really valiant thing for yourself and help the universe at the same time energetically. And you're usually inspired to help others and be creative when you do all that. Yes. Yeah. And it's, uh, we had a call, uh, with, uh, one of our team members today and this particular team member was talking from a place of victimhood and it was called out like, Hey, do you realize that this is where you're coming from? It's like, if you talk in that way, and hold on and anchor in, you're going to create more victim energy. I mean, that's not what heals victim energy. What heals that energy is to be in a state of being in response to, you know, to, to look at it and embrace like, oh, this is happening. You know, let go of blame, let go of they did this to me. And that can create a lot of energy, but it's not going to lead to constructive energies. But when people or groups come together and say, hey, how do we be in response to how do we be present and really allow for that divine guidance? That's, you know, that spiritual connection to come online and then act from being rather than come from a victim mindset. And it's so transformative. And within a short period of time, he shifted and suddenly the conversation changed and the dynamic that was talked about in the beginning of the conversation also was changing. And, and it's, it's just, Hey, this, this is our opportunity. It's our opportunity to say yes, yes to me. Yes to you. Yes to living. Yes to, you know, being the presence of love in this world. That's, that's, that's a, a paradigm shift. It sounds like to me when you have that ability to, to, to sh shift gears and, and look at it with a place of gratitude. And that's a powerful thing because it, it's like, you're literally appreciating things. And you're looking at things from a deeper point of view that you're not going to be as befuddled by some, you know, some inconvenience, what you call turbulence, right? It doesn't last forever. It just happens for a while. You got to let it go and move beyond it and you'll be better. And so that, that's something to think about when you're going through these processes is that 
Not every process is going to feel 100% awesome. <laughs> You're not going to be smiling the whole time you go through this. There's going to be some pain. There's going to be some moments, yep. you know, and that's something that's important to pay attention to because how critical it is for real breakthroughs to happen. They've got to be done under the right circumstances. And that's where a coach can help. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's, and you'll find the right coach. I mean, it's amazing. I had one of my clients uh, call me that I was in his dream. <laughs> like I hadn't talked to him in 15 years. Wow. And he said, Mark, you were in my dream. I was told to find Mark Haddis and he reached out. We connected. He's building this billion dollar company. I'm like, all right, let's do it. So, but everybody will be guided to the person or the, the resources that are best for them. And it's to, when we're open, we will be led when we're asking. I mean, all someone has to do, if you're listening right now and you feel stuck, if you feel like something's going on, all that really is needed is willingness to open up to your best path. And you might say, yeah, but I've done all these, you know, things that, you know, led me in the wrong direction or whatever. So what? That's the past. Don't carry that in the future unless you want to keep spinning around. But if you can stay right here in this moment and just say, hey, what's optimal for me now? And it could be go make a cheeseburger. I mean, I mean it, it, <laughs> right? it could be go play uh, sorry with your kids. You know, whatever comes up, if you can, can open up and then trust it and then ask again, like, OK, now what? And trust it, trust it, trust it. And as long as the action is from love, if, if it's go break the window, it's like, well, that's interesting. You know, thank you. You know, that's is that destructive? Is, yeah, is, that's destructive. You know, what's going on there? It's like, well, the window represents this to you. You might get a further insight. So the, the negative destructive actions are often there as metaphorical um, behaviors in order to bring awareness to a hurt, a pain, some concept that needed to come to the surface. But anything that's coming through energetically as love, you can count on it being something like, go for it. Remedy. Love can be a remedy, right? Because it's a healing energy that's universal and it's unconditional, and especially if it's unconditional. You could channel that. It's untapped. One. Power anything with that and help heal. Number one. I, I believe that firmly, 100%. I think anytime I receive love, it heals me in, in, in ways that you can't just... You can't bottle that, you know, you got to develop a relationship with somebody in life to help you with that, either a loved one or a mentor coach or, or a partner or something. Well, and once you connect with that source within you that really emanates love, it, it grows and overflows in magnificent ways. And the more you allow that to flow out of you, the wealthy more, with abundance, the more that comes back. Yeah. I want to ask you this, how can our audience find you if they want to follow up with you after our episode today. Yeah. So, uh, you know what you can, there's a couple of different ways. Uh, if you really want to reach me, you can go, let's fir first go to journeystream.org. That's one of our main sites and you can get the book there and you can find resources. You can reach out. Mark at journeystream.org is an email address you can get to. If you're interested in exploring the program for business or for yourself personally, you can get it through Journeystream or OptimalBeing.live. OptimalBeing.live is there. I'm on LinkedIn, Mark Hattis, uh, M-A-R-K-H-A-T-T-A-S, uh, Facebook and stuff like that. Journeystream has a Facebook page. We've got a phenomenal podcast, by the way, that um, we've got about 60 episodes. Our host is Dr. Tim Timothy Hayes. Dr. Timothy Hayes is a psychologist. We have great doctors, practitioners, guests with innovative approaches. So 
We've got, you know, there's lots to explore in, in those avenues I just shared. Um, and I'd give you the long URL for prisoner of war. Uh, it's under, a, 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 I, my pen name is John Aconda. So when you see John Aconda, that's me. Okay. What is optimal being? Talk to us about that. What is it? Oh, so optimal being is, um, it, uh, so it's a training program and it trains core skills to support retraining your system to connect with that inner GPS. Um, it starts with, we measure 10 areas of wellness and we help you focus on three that are going to change your life. And then those three, you practice through the program. It's online self-study plus live engagement every week with program guides and group interaction. So there's lots of different elements and components. When we first created it, it was pretty expensive. Uh, it was $3,500 for someone to go through. Now we got it down to about $1,500. Uh, so it's, it's pretty manageable and it's rich. It's a, it's a powerful program and people can hire us to do coaching. But one of the things that we find is in our coaching, we invariably end up teaching things in the program. So we encourage people like, Hey, if you want to be coached by us, one of the best ways to do it is go through the optimal being program. Cause you're going to learn a lot of it there. And then you'll know where to focus the coaching much more uh, effectively. What have you found to be the most useful technique as a coach to somebody who's dealing with a mental health issue? I know you're not a, a psychologist. Like I'm not a, like we're not professionals like that. Right. But it's to listen uh, to the words they're saying with no judgment. I love that. Having zero judgment whatsoever is, is absolutely the right approach to take. And I think having an open heart and open mind. I'll sh I'll sh exactly. I'll share a story real quick. Um, one of my early clients came to me and this particular client was getting insights from a toaster and the people in her life, they just thought she was crazy. And so here we were and she opens up and she's like, yeah, you know, the toaster said this. And I said, really, what else did it say? And she looked at me like, wait a minute, where's the judgment? And I said, well, what do you mean? She's like, well, everyone else I told that to, they think I'm crazy. I said, well, all right. I'm just curious what the, what did the toaster say? You know, I'm, I've, I've, you know, I've had strange experiences too, just because it's strange doesn't mean it's not true. Or that you can't relate and connect to the person. Right. Yeah. But it's no judgment and listen. And that's great. That's the number. I mean, it's not the only thing, but that's, you got to start there. And the hardest thing for a lot of people to do is they want something for the person. So I'd say the second thing is let go of the outcome, let go of the need to fix them or change them, accept it's them so, as, accept them where they're at. It's so funny you say that because my next question or follow-up question is going to be about when you journey inwards, the power of letting go and forgiving and not, like you said, looking forward and not backwards, looking ahead, not behind you. You can't drive across the town or city where you live looking in the rearview mirror and not looking forward, right? How do you right. expect to feel if you can't look forward and not look back? Right. But not look too far forward because someone in that same situation can get really anxious if they're thinking so far in the future that they're not being present in the driving moment. Like they're thinking about, you know, 400 miles ahead. And well, what if that bridge is out? Well, <laughs> all you got to do is focus on the stoplight in front of you, like stay where you're at. How about positive point of view, having a positive perspective and how that can impact your mental health outlook, right? Because the more positive you can look at things, if you see the light at the end of the tunnel is not a train and you actually see outcome oriented solutions, to problems you're being burdened by or anxious with, I feel like that could help you a lot as you're going through these experiences. 
Well, so depending on what you mean, um, I, I've seen that backfire because not everyone wants to go there because it feels fake. Um, I mean, in authentic moments for people, if you can yeah, actually. Yeah, in authentic out. moments. But if if someone feels like crap, like, hey, it's okay. Feel like crap, like, oh, yeah. you know, and and to, to say, well, hey, well, look at the bright side. It's like, well, maybe that's not where they're at. You know, maybe they could just, you know, be in their crap for a minute. And then like, okay, well, how are you feeling? You know, what do you want to, you know, would you like to go get an ice cream cone or go for a walk? And it's like, no, no. Okay. How about I make you a meal? Oh, that sounds great. You know, and, and you find that thing, like what, what can help someone just open up a little bit? Of course, on the other extreme, if someone's in a full blown manic episode, you know, that's a different conversation, right? Because <laughs> uh, I've been there with people who are in the full blown mania. I've been in the full blown mania. And the key there is to help someone get to a balanced state. Now, again, I'm not a practitioner and certainly there are emergencies where you got to get, you know, you know, real medical care, but oftentimes peer to peer, a loved one can say, Hey, what is it you mean? You know, if someone comes and says, Oh, Jason, you know what? I think I'm going to fly to Mars tomorrow and then take a detour, land on the moon and open up a store on the moon. If I open up a store on the moon, would you come and shop at my store? Right. And, and someone's looking at them like you're out of your mind. But if you say, well, OK, you know, do you realize that you're probably not going to Mars tomorrow? I mean, are you talking metaphorically I'm like, well, yeah, I know I'm not really going to Mars, but if I did, would you? Right. And what they're looking for possibly is validation that you care enough about them to come and purchase something from them. The storyline is where the energy is just a little bit off from what most people's reality is. So you got to look, you know, look at those manic stories as metaphorical and invite them to communicate and clarify like, Hey, is that a metaphor? What does that mean? What does that mean to you? Like, what if I did come to your store? Yeah. I'd buy anything from you, but what if I did, what does that mean to you? It's like, Oh my gosh, that'd be so great. No one's ever bought anything from me, you know, blah, blah, blah. Whatever that story is, you can really just be with someone and, and allow them, but provide a little bit of framework of love and not take everything literally. And appreciate everything too. Yeah. That's the power of appreciation. Yes, <laughs> it is. If someone would have done that in my manic episode, maybe <laughs> it wouldn't have ended up differently. Maybe it would. I think it would have um, because I've seen people snap to a place where now you're in conversation because as soon as someone's fears up and like, oh my gosh, my brother is insane because he's talking about going to the moon. It's like, well, now there's a fear energy that's resonated. And then that's going to create possibly a shutdown or an amplification because they're not getting their need met. I could see that. You know, I think there's just so many approaches to this that we're learning every day in the study of these things. And I think having a holistic approach that can give someone some guidance spiritually and, and, and ground them and help you get more in tune and you have this optimal being program. You know, I think that there's, it's good for people to check out what can work for them. Cause like you said, everyone has a different approach or a different perspective, but it's like, let's see what works, right? Let's try to figure something out that has an outcome that can maybe help people in our grouping or help people, you know, or it, it's, and if you have an individualized tailored, a tailored plan, it, it could work on each individual person's approach differently. And is that one of the things you find through your coaching methodologies is that you have a custom tailored approach you utilize with each individual person to help them maximize where they're headed and what they're doing? 
Well, as you know, with that spiritual connection, it's always going to be subtly different for the individual because it's going to be kind of energetically aligned with what's you know best for them. Um, I think the number one thing is you know being present, allowing for that space of love to be present and trusting, and that's a key part of the process. And if someone in your life or you're struggling, you know, any listeners struggling with a mental health challenge, a critical part is to surround yourself with people who believe that you can get well, that you're, you're, you're that's critical. Do they believe that you can get well? Because if you're with people that don't believe you can get well, chances are you're not going to get well. That's not going to be the path that gets you well. And if people think you have a problem. If you're presented with a mental health problem and you're stigmatized and labeled as such, you're not going to be able to be real to get the treatment you need. You got to have an open-minded practitioner can work with you and yes, family yes. members. And that's the thing building support. Like you said, with loved ones and people you care about, those are, those are in, in imperative. You can't and negotiate on that. You can't you gotta have a support group in, in place. Yeah, absolutely. And it's real and it's scary, like a parent with a child. I mean, they're scared that the child's going to kill themselves or they're going to, you know, not fulfill on a window by accident, having a, a some type of a religious kind of feeling or that they yeah. can fly or something. Hallucinate. Yeah, so I get I get it's real and it's real for people. But surround yourself with practitioners and resources that believe and have tools that can support full restoration to health. And it's going to include a path within. It's going to include medicine, you know, healing the gut, getting the nutrients to the brain, processing all the energy and the thoughts that are in the head. I mean, that, that all is part of the process. And there's many different disciplines and approaches. Find what's right for you. We're running short on time. I want to ask you, if you were a spirit animal, which spirit animal would you be and why? Oh, my gosh. I've got all these images of animals now flying through my head. <laughs> um, dog. Okay. And I don't even know if that's a spirit animal, but it can be well, just if you have an explanation as to why that helps a little. Well, dogs epitomize pure love, you know, and, and I, we have cats actually, but I grew up with a dog. And one of the things that I found is you could go away for 10 minutes and come back and they're just so excited to see you. And they just, they're, they're full of life, full of love. And the, the other thing about dogs that I've learned is, they, they just appreciate you. And if we could all look through the lens of the dog and appreciate where we are, whether it's a flower we're looking at, a child in a room, a spouse, you know, a meal we're preparing, but be in appreciation. Like imagine the joy, you know, we all might be like jumping up and down like puppies and, you know, barking our heads off like, oh, this is fun. This is a good time. This is a party. I'd love to go to a dog party. That's a cool party to go to. You're right about that. I love that. I actually, I have to say a dog is a good choice because you ever gone to a dog park, you can see owners with their pets and, and, and just, I think that the relationship between a pet and their animal is so sacred because animals have souls. In my opinion, people may disagree with that, but I will say that I believe animals have souls and I believe that we have certain connections with animals. I have two parrots and they're both five years old and I, they got me through the pandemic. I'm by myself with them. And it was uh, it's a unique thing because we have this strong connection now and I'm still not working. I'm still working from home. Like we're still in the middle of it because we are. So it's like, I've kind of adjusted, but I think having animals and having the animal healing energy in your house, even to have the sounds or the interconnectedness or having them, you know, respond to you with physical stimuli, like music or whistling or something, those help. It helps us get grounded to where we are. And they do, they do. What's your spirit animal? I always say owl because 
I have two parents. I grew up with a parent as a kid. I being psychic and a lawyer and spiritual, I always look for wisdom as something for me that's important. Uh, the quest for the, you know, the truth, uh, looking beyond current obstacles, having a 360 point of view, getting above and beyond the forest from the trees. Those are all things that I always think of when I think of owls. And I never had a pet owl. I don't know if I do well with one, but I, they're fascinating creatures. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. Good, good explanation too. I want to ask you a last question because I think this might be relevant to our conversation today. How do you think society could destigmatize mental health conditions so that we could start taking things seriously and help people heal for real without having people feel bad or having to keep it private or feeling afraid? Retrain the practitioners. And uh, that's where it's going to change. You know, when we retrain, we have our program, actually, uh, Dr. Hayes is a, is a psychologist. He's one of our board members. And he um, highlight is like, you know, the optimal beam program is more effective than anything that he learned in grad school or post-grad school. And, and Jason, I mean, you might say, wow, great. We've got a great program. It's like, well, that is a sad state of affairs to me, because that means we're not teaching our practitioners what actually is going to support people in truly navigating through. I mean, I don't have suicidal thoughts anymore. I don't have cycling behaviors anymore. You know, that's gone. So why is it gone? It's not because of the medication, you know, medication kept me stable, might've kept me alive for, you know, a period of time, you know, when I was really out there, but it comes from really journeying into the soul, into the mind, into the body and allowing for that healing process to unfold. And powerful. I think retraining our practitioners is number one, what would change the planet. And we don't need to see everybody in person, by the way. I think these practitioners could do remote work and it could be more effective. It could be shorter. And we get through, you know, crises like this in a much shorter period of time because people would be on rather than in fear. They'd be in a loving, optimal, courageous state and solutions would come quicker. I can see that. I can see that. I, I appreciate you coming on today and having the courage to share your insight, your personal experience, Prisoner of War, your new book. I'm excited about it being available to the public now and it's it's out there. And I, I really think you're going to have success and continued success with sharing. And, you know, one of the things I know I asked you, how can we change the stigma? The important part is starting the dialogue. And that's what we're doing already. We're having these dialogues. Every show you go on or anyone I can come on my show that talks about these kind of issues and how it impacts them on an individual basis and how we can work with each other and collaborate and help and heal. That's where this really will start coming to some changes and, and, and some paradigm shifts. And that's what I think we're about. And that's why I love having you on the show today to do that. And I thank you. Well, and thank you. I love being here. Uh, Jason, you run a great show. I love your <laughs> questions. I love your energy. And once again, thank you for speaking into my life the way you did, because I could tell that came right from you know a very spiritually connected place. And I'm very appreciative of that. Oh, listen, for me, it's my pleasure. You're easy to read because you're very grounded and you're at peace with things. And when I look at energy, if someone's not grounded or at peace, it's hard to read their energy because it's chaotic. And you're definitely at peace with a lot of elements of your life. And that's why I see continued success. I see measured growth and success over time. I see a lot of a litany of more books. I see digital stuff. I see blogging. I also see opportunities for you to collaborate with others. I wouldn't even doubt if you're not going to do some type of retreat or some type of retreat exercises that help people with e-courses. I, I think there's a lot in your future potential that you're going to do. Other books that yeah. are going to online with 
prisoner of war that you're gonna have like a part two compendium to it or something that's going to kind of go the next step beyond where if you just have an episode and you go through the process that you already have identified in prisoner of war there's gonna be a, a second part to all a more yeah. open approach to it and, and looking at what you've updated since you wrote prisoner of war i appreciate that i appreciate that <laughs> this is what i read your energy man I just want to thank Mark for coming on the show today and sharing his personal journey and story with us. It's hard to be able to put yourself out there, to expose yourself and make yourself throw your vulnerabilities, understand things. And that's what I really appreciate about Mark coming on the show today and being a guest and doing all these things, because it's important. We need a dialogue. We need to look at these things like if someone's depressed, it's like a broken arm, a broken leg. You look at someone with a broken leg, you don't have stigma against them. You don't look at them and question what their motives are or what they're doing. Mental health, it's about time we take mental health seriously. It's about time we rely on gaining the knowledge that someone like Mark has created with Prisoner of War and his program, Optimal Health Being, Optimal Being Program. Check this stuff out. Everything I like to do on this show is opening up minds, giving different healing methodologies and approaches. And that's what I think this represents. I have some close friends in my life that have dealt with bipolar one disorder. As I stated on the show before, I'm more open about my own mental health conditions in life. I, I, my family's dealt with mental health issues, multiple generations, and I've been plagued with depression and anxiety for as long as I probably have been alive. But it's all about how, how Mark said, it's about how you approach it, how you categorize it. What do you do about it? Look into these things. Coaches are important. They can show us a lot. I want to thank Mark for coming on. Stay positive because if you're positive, anything's possible. Also keep in mind, I will have all this information in the show notes. So if you want to look more into Mark's book or check out his information, it'll be there. Thank you so much for supporting this episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms and know that the universe is always yours to explore. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock band like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric acid. Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.
Futurecast.